the Below Hill Top Podcast. It's just me this time. Uh, well, just me and the cat. Hello, Squidge. You don't know the secret of the Building Hilltop, do you, Squidge? No. Okay. Uh, I'd like to take this opportunity to say thanks for listening. I hope you're enjoying yourselves. Uh, you can find us at billowinghilltop.com or look for us on Facebook and Twitter. And it really helps us if you rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. And that's it. That's all I got. Uh, so without further ado, let's get on with episode nine, Rastafan Vibration. Sorry, what was that? Oh, I think it's transmutation, isn't it? Can everybody be quiet? Now, Paul. Yes. Will you check on him? Can you just check on Johnny? Yeah. Yeah. Is everything okay there? I think I think he's wearing his special pajamas. Has he been tucked in nicely? Okay, so then let's keep our voices just down at the beginning. Okay. And, uh, uh, Graham, would you mind running Grimbold for this this session? I can uh, try and do that. Yeah, okay, tiptoe away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny's asleep. We're going to play without him. One thing um, that we could maybe touch upon is hearth spirits. So this homestead has got a fireplace and every fireplace, every dwelling in which people live tends to have a hearth spirit. There are thousands of gods in this world in which we're, our story is set. And there are gods for all sorts of weird and wonderful things. Uh, when you were in town the other day, you saw uh, Weiringirus and he's the priest of Tonj, the Eye of Wisdom. Session Zeeper, he worships the Lady Luck, Miss Fortune. And then there are all sorts of other weird and wonderful uh, little gods. Gods for all sorts of... Uh, there's the Lord of Fruit. Uh, there's uh, Winsim, Filler of Cupboards. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, Jella, the Godlet of Shoes. Tiny Arthur, the Godlet of Wagons. Uh, Banjetti, the Mistress of Chance Meetings. And pretty much every element, every event in this world, uh, people kind of attribute to the uh, to the intervention of a, of a, of a god. The other thing that uh, is interesting about the gods of this world is that the more that they're believed in, the larger they're following, the greater power they have. So there is a god called the Twisted Prince. And the Twisted Prince used to appear, actually intervene in people's lives. He would run a thumb along the blade of this knife and sit and talk to people and try and persuade them into nefarious schemes. And the more that they followed his advice, the more that they inserted themselves into the world of treachery and uh, bad behavior, the stronger he became. And he used to be regarded as a rather minor figure. But uh, over the last few years, the sense is that the Twisted Prince has become increasingly powerful. Uh, there's Deborah Kadabra, who is the goddess of magic. There's Asmodee. Uh, he is a major dead. He is the lord of evil. And then, of course, there is Urt, who is the molder of worlds. Uh, he's the creator of the world, the master of doubt, the enemy of detail, friend, guide, and storyteller. And his symbol is a six-sided dice. Right, uh, hearth spirits, every dwelling that has people living in it, that has a hearth, has a hearth spirit. They watch over the fortunes of the family. People don't worship their hearth spirits, but they, they uh, nurture them. And a healthy hearth spirit is meant to bring fortune on a family, fortune on a dwelling. For example, uh, Cuthbert. Uh, Cuthbert Ouch Splinter is from the uh, very wealthy family, the Ouch Splinters in Evenstar. And in fact, their original family home, the original family dwelling, which is really just a, a very modest 
little house uh, in a not particularly attractive area of town is still maintained by, by the family because the hearth spirit still burns away and looks after the family. Even though they are now spread, they're a big mercantile family. They have agents traveling the world. They trade. They get involved in all sorts of stuff, but they still depend upon the fortune and the good blessing of the hearth spirit that sits in that original house. The reason you tell us this? That was very good. Bit of, uh, bit of background, isn't it? Oh, okay. Bit of fact background. I thought you were going to get to something about the house that we're currently in. There's no hearth spirit. So in the homestead, one, reason, one way you can tell that this is no longer a dwelling, that the, the family are dead or gone, and it's abandoned, is there's no sense that there's a hearth spirit. Even with the fire unlit, one can normally tell if there is a spirit or an energy residing within the hearth. It, the other thing you found in this building was the arm. Mm. With the tattoo? Ah, an, arm, yes. an arm with a tattoo. And that tattoo you recognize. It's the tattoo of a mine manager called Garavin Vest, a greedy mine manager uh, who branded all his employees with it as a sort of badge of status. But he was bankrupted by the new force in town, Balabar Smenk, uh, a few years ago. And he died only last year. And all of his bonded workers were kind of slaves to Garavin Vest, and they regard their current arrangement where their indenture, as it were, has been passed across to Balabar Smeng, they regard that as being a, a, a big step up, a kind of privilege. And you, your understanding is that specifically there is a gang that does the dirty work for Balabar Smeng. Uh, now that Madame Wodge of the Lodge... Uh, Madame Wodge of the Lodge. Uh, Madame Wodge of the Lodge, who used to be his kind of uh, hired uh, muscle with her with her backup gang of Digger and uh, JJ and so forth. Uh, she killed somebody in a fight outside the feral dog in town and fled, became an exile. And his new set of heavies are these guys. Uh, the leader is a guy called Cullen. And they hang out at the feral dog, your favourite pub, the pub where the police drink. Mm -hmm. So we need to go back to town, do we, to confront this guy or his yeah. these guys? Well, Let's search around first. Yeah, I mean, putting two and two together, it looks like this gang have robbed the graves and they've left one of their number behind. If you're after the bones, that would seem logical. So we can go, yeah, but we could also try following the tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that we do, uh, we do, we follow the tracks until we lose the tracks and then kind of take it from there. Is there any okay. more of the arm body left? The body that goes with the arm. The uh, arm it's, it's splattered all over the floor. When you were first running into the homestead, there were sort of uh, chunks of human matter spread everywhere that looked like they'd been owl-bared. Yeah. Um, well, we should probably pull them all together and, and lay them to rest. Okay, yeah. Good idea. Uh, you take out your holy symbol. Yep. Dig okay. a small, shallow grave and put them in. Okay. Say a um, few words. and Including uh, the arm? Leave the arms sticking up out of the ground. <laughs> uh, I think put all of it in. Okay. And right. we'll just mark it so it's clear where it was. Yeah. Um, okay, if you want to try and follow the tracks, make a survival check. Somebody give me a survival check. That's annoying. I'm rubbish. That's survival. Plus two on survival. I get a 13. Mm -hmm. Dan gets a 17. 17 is yeah. good enough. Oh, God. I, I say I'm rubbish, but three. slightly relative. I'm really oh. very good at everything. Only um, an eight, so you are a survivor. So, yeah, you can follow the cart. These are the cart tracks you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, you follow them for long enough to realize they head back up the track to the main road, the company road that runs up to the cairn from town, but they turn left towards town. Could we, um, do we know how old they are? 
by looking at them? Well, your sense from looking at the snow buildup on the piles of discarded mm -hmm. earth from when the graves were dug out was that this had happened within the last week. Okay. And the tracks, likewise, the tracks, likewise, and because of the snow, I mean, the the and the these 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 trails get chewed up. It just becomes muddy slush. But you can you can follow them with enough kind of certainty to the point where they they just mix up with all of the other cart tracks. Yeah, and there's a certain point, Burple, as you get really quite close to town, you get to the point where the tracks of this cart merge with the tracks of many others, and it becomes impossible to tell them apart. Don't we know where they hang out? Or can we find out where they hang out? You do know where they hang out. They hang out at your favourite pub, the Feral the Dog. Pub. Yeah, oh, we'll, go to the, we'll go to the pub. We'll go to the pub. Okay. So, so do we know how many there are in this little group? Did you say five? You do know how many there are. Um, yes. You don't know which one, which one's arm you're looking at. But if you hang out at the pub, you can see the surviving four. You can see them kind of mooching around. So you're you're kind of you're kind of fine hanging around at the hanging around in the main square. You're clear. Nobody knows about your little robbery in the jailhouse. Yeah. Um, does anybody else need a rest? By the way. Because uh, do I need a rest? That's a good question. Because I think I know that there's a a kind of a pressing need to move things on, but I'm kind of I'm down a half. The hit points. I'm fine. I've got one spell left. Yeah, I think Grimbold is also um, spelled out. Shall we see if we can take... What time of day is it, Mike? Is I th you decided to overnight in the can. That's right. Uh, it's it's a bright, crisp, sunny day with snow on the ground, and it's say let's say it's about 10 in the morning. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't want to start getting into any form And they're of already in the pub. It's 10 in the morning, they're already in the pub. They're mooching around the pub. They're, the pub is their kind of base of operations. It's like the Sopranos. Right. These guys don't have an office. Right. Uh, you, I mean, you don't know that much about them, but you do know about them. Certainly uh, Sessions, Grimbold, and Burple know about them because they're kind of, you know, local figures. Cullen, their leader, is a bit of a prospect. He's a, an albino half-orc regarded as having a particularly bad temper. And you can see him kind of hanging around. Do I know him? Do you know him? Uh, no. He's also a half orc. No, I think that's a stretch. All right. The others are. One of them is reputed to be some kind of wizard of some sort. He's known as Merovin Basque. He and uh, Cullen lodge at the Feral Dog itself. So basically, their lives are around that pub. They sleep there. It's their office. They hang out there. The other two members of the gang are called Rastafan. Uh, who's a kind of sneaky little chap, and Torvik, who's dumb muscle. Uh, they hang around with the rest of the gang in the, at the pub during the day. They kind of sit out on the stoop at the front most of the time. Uh, but they lodge at uh, Yalek's Flophouse, which is, is the cheapest set of lodgings in town, uh, pretty much the lowest kind of point that you could reach, uh, unless you live in a bin in the woods like uh, Burple. So would we be able to kind of dine for lunch or something you can go to the feral dog there's nothing to stop you going in there and um, if you meet tira sessions uh, could disguise himself cool excuse my excuse my ignorance but what yeah. would you do with with body parts it's a damn with, fine question with stolen bodies it's a damn good question why on earth would they rob out remains so somebody must have use Either either sort of you know, medical experiments or some kind of experiments, reanimators. You know, I'm thinking, 
Well, it's it's general or specific, isn't it? Do they want those specific bodies or do they want bodies generally? Uh, that's a good point. So, the question is, rest. what would they have? We we do need to rest, but we need to, we uh, we can formulate a strategy. Yeah, I mean, it's nobody's going anywhere. I mean, the, these guys just hang out. This is where they hang yeah. out every now and again. If it's um, observation and and dialogue without the need to to use spells or anything, we could we don't need to rest yet. We can spend the day doing some research. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you can slouch about. I mean, they don't yeah. pay any attention to you. Uh, sessions, are you disguising yourself? Um, I don't see why you need. If they if you get confronted, you can say, "Oh, sorry, wasn't it? Oh, oops, my mistake." That's true. But I probably don't want to be seen near um, you. Do you reckon they'll put so they don't put two and two together? They they might. Okay. We want to um, not flag anybody because we keep coming away from that can and you know until we find a, found a way to secure what we found. I think we we want to be extra careful. How how experienced do these guys look, Mike? The the gang. <laughs> obvious question they look they look uncannily well kind of balanced against your current level of strength do they <laughs> it's almost as if Urt, <laughs> the molder of worlds predetermined has somehow woven the strands of fate so that uh they are uh, for your current uh challenge rating uh, perhaps uh, a, a medium to strong challenge yeah <laughs> um <laughs> yeah you can see them all sitting there picking spells uh, <laughs> on the front stoop. One of them's one of them's wonder, wondering which druid circle to join. Uh, <laughs> one of them's one yeah. of them's claiming that they are using new spells that are the same as old spells. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look what I found. Yeah, prismatic orb. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. I think that, that we could take the arm, plonk it on the table and say, look, we just want to know what you did with the bodies. Um, we buried the arm. Yeah, but we could always go. Um, That's a fun job. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure about that. No, <laughs> we draw lots to see who does that. Well, Grimbold, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll send him off. Don't laugh too much. Who now. needs a spade? He can do yeah. it with his hands. He'll be yeah. careful not to wake him up. Hmm. Um... Um, so he runs into the pub, smacks Colin around the face, and says, <laughs> and says Come on, all his clothes, rolls around on the floor. <laughs> okay, I yeah. think uh, we need to rest up before we, uh, and then we need to pick a, a setting for the medium to high level challenge. Hanging around the square, watching the feral dog, seeing what these guys are up to, and just generally mooching, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't have to hang out together either. We yeah, I mean, you don't have to hang out together. You, hang, you can do different things. You don't. Why do we always have to hang out together? Yeah, stop following me. That's counted as resting. Okay. Oh, well, that's what we're going to do. I'm so going to. I'm you can to snooze. Play. You can reflect on your adventures. You can get some R and R, and at the oh. same time, you can keep a, just a general eye out on the comings and goings. And yes. what you learn is that basically they don't really do very much. At a certain point in the afternoon, Cullen, there's a the towering albino half-orc, he heads off away from the feral dog and heads off up the road. I don't know if anybody wants to see where he goes. Sessions in his disguised version of himself. Yeah, I could do that. 
It's not difficult to follow him. It's not like he's looking out. He doesn't care, really. I mean, he does care if you go walk five feet behind him. But if you just... <laughs> or next to him. Yeah, really close to him, yeah. yeah uh, if you... So if where you, are you going then? Yeah, where are you going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I join? Uh, if you mooch along, uh, he heads... You, you can follow him. It doesn't. It's not difficult. He goes to Smenk's house, Balabar Smenk's house, which is a kind of mouldy old mansion where Smenk runs his nasty little empire from. He heads in there. He's in there for about... 20 minutes he comes out looking a bit cross and then heads back uh and when he gets back you guys see him turn up and the others are all out on the stoop they're like yeah he's like yeah and they're like he's like no and they're like where would you leave a wagon good question in a wagon house yeah yeah is there a barn there's not a barn stable but it's got a stoop out front which is where people kind of hang out uh, looks out over the square. The inside is big. There are rooms in the back. You can't see all of them, but you know that the uh, behind there's a long bar that runs across the, the kind of majority of the main saloon, and behind that there are kitchens and so forth. If you're in the bar, when it starts to get colder in the later afternoon, after Cullen has been up to see Smenk and come back, they hang out in, in a corner kind of at the bar, looking grumpy. Over in the southeast corner, of the saloon is the table where the cops hang out but there aren't any there at the moment uh and there's no sign of tira the woman that um is one of the three travelers the three uh adventurers do you want to head around the back yeah i think it'd be worth just skulking around um sessions can skulk round. He, he can he can wander out the pub and skulk round to the back yeah mm-hmm. there's an extended sort of annex that sticks out out to the north of the main building, which is where you think uh, they have kind of offices and the rooms in which their occasional guests will stay. And behind there, in a bit of a little waste patch like by a tree, you do in fact find a little handcart sessions, just kind of tucked away in the corner. Mm-hmm. Signs okay. of blood on it? There's no signs of blood on it, no. There's a bit of scuffed earth and mud and stuff, but that's it. Shovels? Uh, no, there were two shovels abandoned at the graves at the homestead. Right. Same sort of earth that we saw dug out of the graves? Kind of make an incredibly difficult survival check. (laughs) Survival. Do you want me to take care of this, Graham? Well, I'll probably have to come back and report to you that there's mud, but I can't make head nor tail of it. Okay. We could bring the mud back with you. If you you need extraordinary uh, survival skills. Oh, 21! 21. Wow. It's remarkably similar to the nature of mud. <laughs> Incredible. I, I surprised myself with that um, insight. The lady is smiling on me today. You, you got out your soil the, sample kit. And the CSI Diamond Lake. <laughs> yeah. It does it certainly shares the characteristics of the earth around the Alastor graves. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a Tuesday afternoon where it's a top... <laughs> Tuesday. Jesus, how many times? It's it's the afternoon of Tonge. Tonge. It's a weekday. Uh, most people are working. Only the kind of people with only adventurers and people with not much to do, and the serving staff are actually in the boozer. Yeah. And, and these bodies are quite old. Yeah. The remains of the Land family, most of them seem to date to about 19 years ago, which was, oh, right, was okay. an out, outbreak of something called the Red <clears throat> Plague or the Red Death. The Red Death. Okay, That's yeah, right. no, Sessions was just having uh, flashbacks that he might be eating them, so... Um... Oh, I see. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, he's been, yeah. yeah. So the Red Death could be the 
could be the motivation. Well, the Red Death swept, sweeps through town periodically. Your mother was killed by the Red Death, Burple. Yes, um, I know this, but not but long after you were born. Why, why they were dug up, or it, it seemed it, it's a sort of coincidence that it happened just when we were heading back there, just you know, before. Again, fate is stepping in to guide us. From a practical perspective, yep. we could search the inn and mm -hmm. try and locate the bones. Mm -hmm. We could search Balabar Smenk's place and try and locate the bones. I think Balabar Smenk's place is more likely, but I think they're probably not there anymore. I think they've probably been shipped on to their destination. The other thing about Balabar Smenk's place is it's a tough nut to crack. Right. Mm. So I think that, that basically our best bet is to try and get one of these guys on their own. How do we do that? Well, to that end, what you what I mentioned earlier that uh, may have been lost is that only two of them stay here. Merovin Basque uh, and Cullen are the only two that actually live at the Feral Dog. Oh, right. And the other two, um, Rastafan and Torvik, stay at Yalak's Flop House, which is down the road. Rastafan is who? Rastafan is... Uh, let me give you a quick uh, tour around the, uh, the Dramatis Personae, as it were. So... Cullen is a is an albino half orc as I've mentioned. He's legendary for his kind of rages. Uh, Rastafan is a kind of wiry goon. Uh, he's from the southern swamps. Uh, he's got long, clumpy black hair. Uh, he looks sullen. He doesn't speak very much and really just does what Cullen says. Todrick uh, is a you think was used to be a soldier before he was indentured into service in the mines. And he's fanatically loyal to Cullen as well. Short brown hair, cut in a kind of military style. He still sort of sports that kind of military look. He's got an angry red scar on the left side of his face. He says picked up during some uh, heroic military action, but nobody knows that's true. And then the last uh, member of the crew is uh, Merovin Basque. He is the kind of human version of Grimbold. Uh, he's bald. He's ill-tempered, and he views every he views every day that he's stuck in this stupid town as an absolute disgrace. So I think that Rastafan, yeah. I think is is probably the is the way to go if we could kind of sweep we, him. Maybe do we have any kind of knowledge skills that might point us in the direction of what it is they might be doing with the bodies? Why would you dig them up? You can make some intelligence checks. Yeah, religion or arcana or something. Make a religion. Well, I tell you, make a religion check. Oh, I've got plus two religion. Five. Okay. Yeah, I know everything there is to know. Yeah, I'm not really focused very much on religion. Twelve. Mm-hmm. Oh, fifteen. Fifteen is very good. Well, twelve and fifteen either. Um, it might be useful. So. This isn't necessarily an information about what they might be using the bones for, but it might be an indication as to why they've been ferreting around in a kind of family grave plot. The, the boneyard, which is a little bit out of town, it's actually on the way out to the homestead. It's about two, three minutes out of town up the company road. Mm -hmm. the, the, the problem with the boneyard, which, is a, which would naturally be a fantastic resource for remains, it is very kind of assiduously watched over by worshippers of the Grey Woodsman. Grey Woodsman is kind of, uh, is the god that you scare children with. He's the silence in the forest. He's the mad axeman, the feller of souls and the bringer of death. <laughs> okay. So, sorry, just to clarify one thing. Do, do we have his remains? Yes. You do. You still have them with you. 
Yeah, in so a we bag, can take his, we're taking his remains to his family remains. You were hoping to bury his yeah. remains with the remains of his family who are no longer there, so now you need to yeah. find their remains. It seems to be your sense of the way things are going. But if we just wind back a bit, I think we were getting some sort of geographical insight as to why... Yes, sorry. One would imagine that if one was tasked with finding remains for whatever purpose, that's not something that your religion checkers necessarily led you to the conclusion on. One would not go and try and retrieve them from the boneyard, which could get you into trouble. So perhaps that is why they've resorted to robbing out a family plot somewhere out of town. And, so and geographically, which is though, the yeah. closest farmstead to town? Oh, blimey. I don't know. Theirs is, theirs is tolerably close. Yeah. So it could just be proximity. It could well be. I'm staying studiously quiet on whether no, or no, not. No, no, yeah. no. They could be giving the remains to a necromancer for his experiments. They could be selling the body parts for medical purposes or whatever. I don't it's know. It's 19 years. What? Yeah, so they're... Yeah, so, the, so... Or they could be a decoy for some kind of... You know, it's just like... Uh, uh, to mislead somebody, there's a there's a number of reasons why somebody might want bones, and I don't think we're going to necessarily figure that out without knowing about more more about their plots. But the point is, we don't necessarily need to know where the bones are. We just need to reunite them. In theory, we could give the bones to Cullen and say that uh, I think you dropped these. <laughs> um, just thought we'd return them. Or we could, or we could leave them in a sort of conspicuous place, so that when he's going by, it's like, oh, there's yes. some handy bones. I'll have yeah. them. <laughs> Put them in the handcart and see if they pick them out. Yeah. Oh, look, you've got those. Yes, that's a good. I like that. That's not a bad idea. Leave them on the floor. I think we could start just basic talking to them. Mm -hmm. It's a question of how you approach it. Well, let's let's wait. We could we could make out that we're in the market for some bones. Somebody make an insight check. If you're in the pub with them and you've seen them acting all day, not acting, but you've seen them around and about all day, interacting with each other and so forth. 19. Okay, your sense, uh, Parker, uh, even though you're absolutely hopeless at uh, human emotions and relations, because you're, <laughs> strange, you're a strange, emotionally atrophied weirdo, your sense is that uh, they are in the state of sort of slight listless boredom and resentment they seem to be a little bit unhappy about something so we could just generally have a chat with them just kind of um, ingratiate ourselves a bit Go and have do they, do they know checks. me do they know you? they will know of you in this in the same way that that you, when you're at the fourth year in secondary school you, you sort know of, the you faces of the kids in the lower years I think if we all just go in and have a drink and just generally hang in the pub and be locals and just not be threatening in any way and just... Yeah, let's do that. Just not be in opposition to them, have a chat, play some cards, whatever, and get to know them a bit. I'm just trying to think of what the, the skill would be. Beers all round. Diplomacy, I guess. Yeah. Is there a diplomacy? Deception. Deception. Okay, so the skills that run off uh, charisma: deception, intimidation, performance, and persuasion. 
I mean, the other thing, of course, is that you just make a charisma check. You can make I a minus uh, one in all of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got a plus one. I think I, I get it. I think I'm going to go in. Going to be in the pub. I'm going to have a drink. Just generally hang, have a drink. It's about six, seven o'clock in the evening. Paul, you do the talking, and I'll hang at the back, keep my mouth shut, and do the insight. Yeah. Okay, but I'm not. I'm just going to. It's almost like you go into a pub. He's not there to interrogate anybody. He's going to hang at the bar nod hello at people, you know, yeah. have a drink, and if anybody yeah. comes talking, we'll have a chat with them, or he'll try and get involved in a conversation if he's standing next to somebody, kind of thing. Yeah, well, they are... Um, they, they hang out at the bar. Um, oh, the hang out at the bar. The the they, they sit in the saloon, and the far left, as, they, as you get into the saloon, they tend to sort of cluster either stools at the bar or sit around a table in the corner. It's warming up a bit. There are some more people. I'm going to go up to the bar and buy a drink, standing next to one of them. Standing next to Todrick? Yeah, just going to buy a drink. My friend doesn't (laughs) like you. (laughs) They don't particularly acknowledge (laughs) you, they just kind of... The the halfling cousins are going to sit at a table and start playing cards rather ineptly between themselves. Okay. Quite loudly. Yeah. See if it encourages anyone else to join in. Okay. Um, they don't engage in conversation, Cuff, but they're just, they're just sort of looking sullen. They're not really talking between each other. They're, they're sort of spread out. They look like they're just bored. Are we getting any interest in our game of cards? Um, well, I think if you're making a noise and it looks like money is changing hands, uh, you might get a couple of people sort of stop idly and then realise that they've been caught standing behind so that they can see the hands. So they kind of move around. Nobody invites themselves into the game. You're kind of known sessions as a card player. Yeah. I mean, not a particularly successful one. But you are known as a card player. Cuthbert's leaning against the bar, frantically trying to think of something to say. I just want to ask him a question. I'm um, crap. Just sitting there by himself, going, okay. uh, uh, No. No. no I, uh, Have you. No. Uh, uh, no. 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 Um, After a certain amount of time, he kind of turns to you and he's like, uh, Doing all right. Um, uh, no, no. Want to buy a watch? I've had a, I've had a very bad day. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I've had had the best of days. I've nearly come a cropper. If I could just stop you there. What? I'm not interested. Have anybody told you you've got strange eyes? Um, y- y- almost daily. Well, it's not normal. Have you looked in the mirror recently? Uh, be very careful what you say next, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind, I'm going to go back to my drink. The big, the big lad in the corner, Cullen. Is that bloke bothering you? No, no, it's all right. It's just a bit weird. Cullen gets up from his, uh, he's kind of levers himself. He's a large unit. Levers himself up from his stool. He wanders over and he kind of stands looking at the two of you. He's clearly a bit pissed. He's slightly sway. And he's like, don't start any trouble, kid. Why don't you just not stand here? There's plenty of, there's plenty more pub for you to stand in. Oh. I'll leave you two weirdos together. And he wanders back and he starts chatting to the other two, Todrick and uh, Rastafan. Well, I mean, obviously Cuthbert doesn't know any of these people. He's not from around here. And so he turns around to the guy next to him and says, oh, I'm sorry, I don't mean the offence, but what's going on? What's his problem? We've not had a, we've not had a great time recently. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm new in town, you see, so I just, we'll just come to buy up a drink. Where are, you, where are you from then? You're not from around here? No, I'm from Evenstar. How are you now? Okay. Yeah. That explains a lot. Looks at you up and down. That explains a lot. Looks at your clothes. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've, I've come to do some trading. 
in Calamanthus, you see. So just uh, Calamanthus, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. expensive yeah. stuff. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, my family were traders, you see. So yeah. uh, I wouldn't know anything about that. If you want to know anything about Calamanthus, there's uh, that chap over there, the funny green-looking chap. Him. He looks like he's a monk from the monastery. They know all about Calamanthus. I don't trust monks. Well, uh, that is something that I uh, do agree with you on. This um, Merovin uh, <laughs> looks at you, Cuthbert, uh, and just looks down at his drink, which is now empty, and he says, Oh, will you look at that? Oh, look, I'm, I'm new in town. And, I'm uh, new in town. Can I buy you a drink? Well, I thought you'd never ask. Yeah, I'll have a pint of uh, Spodley's Old Peculiar, please. I signal at the uh, bar person. You get a couple of pints? Yeah. Todrick, sullen Todrick, looks over at Rastafan. They're all, they're both within about 10 feet of you. Yeah. And you can hear him under his breath go, Merovin's got a new mate. And Rastafan goes, <laughs> yeah, new friend here. Merovin takes his pint, lifts it. Cheers. Oh, cheers to you. Oh, does this make your day any better? About this much better. And he kind of makes his hands in a span the height of the pint glass. <laughs> oh, that's very good. So uh, what, what's been up? What's been, what went wrong? Should I roll my uh, charisma check at this moment? Yeah, give me a charisma check. Just a straight old charisma check. And just don't roll anything awful. Well, it is me. Mm-hmm. So I will roll a seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you which is my standard. It's, it's not critically nothing. awful. It's, that's not critically awful, but it's not good enough to change his kind of attitude to you. I'll keep. I'll keep generally chatting to him about the weather and what's been going on, and and, and even start, and then I'll buy him another drink. Okay. Meanwhile, so let's go over to the card game. Grimbold and Parker and Sessions are playing cards, and uh, the doors of the saloon swing open. Piano player stops playing. Everybody stops talking. Uh, and in comes Tira. Uh, she's an elf. Uh, she's one of the three adventurers that you travelled here with Cuthbert. So you recognise her as soon as she comes in. Sessions, you recognise her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she wanders over, recognises you, Sessions, and kind of goes, oh. And then just sort of stands there and doesn't engage in conversation, but is just watching the game. Uh, but Sessions, can you make a perception check? Uh, yes. Can I make a perception check as well? You can, but Sessions is the main person. 18. And what did you get, Sessions? Only an 8. Um, Parker, 18 is good enough, even though you aren't, weren't directly involved. When you were down the sinkhole in the Whispering Cairn, you came across a body in a room with stone slabs laid out that made uh, Cuthbert feel sleepy when he went yeah, in there. Yeah, the sleepy guy room. He was wearing red armour, and that red armour had a very specific many-pointed star symbol on it, which Sessions recognised as being the symbol of a of a, an outfit called the Seekers, based in Evenstar mostly, but all around, mm-hmm. who were a sort of society of kind of tomb robbers... Uh, and raiders and explorers and archivists who try who sort of keep themselves themselves. She's wearing a ring at Parker, and that ring has got a, a little metal disc on the top, which is carved in exactly the same design. Okay, so I nudge Sessions and try and tell him that as um, okay. subtly as possible as I can, as a half orc with funny eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Parker, make a charisma check uh, to see how well you can communicate wordlessly. And we'll go back to Cuthbert. Cuthbert, uh, your friend Merovin at the bar yeah. 
when you when you get onto the second pint. Yes. Six. <laughs> okay, so you can't communicate that to uh, to them. The waggling um, of the eyebrows doesn't do it. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't do it. We just waggle back. <laughs> yes, Everyone exactly. Waggling eyebrows. eyebrows. People, people start throwing themselves to cover. <laughs> um, well, I just say it as quietly as possible, then I don't sort yeah. of gestures. Just say in a low voice, "Check out her ring." Oh, okay. Um, yeah, best best keep that in a low voice. <laughs> uh, Merivin at the bar, Cuthbert says, "The thing is." We lost a friend the other day. Oh, no. Where'd you uh, lose that? Well, I mean, we... Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm new. It's this. You lost... Right, yes, my condolences. Thank you. I can't really tell you too much about the circumstances. He wasn't the, the smartest of people, but he was uh, He was an oh. old... He was a member of our little crew, and it's, it's a shame to have lost him. Oh, that's a shame. Scutch. Oh, what And was he lifts his beer, and he goes, Scutch. And all the others go, Scutch. Lift their drinks. Too soon, was it? Too before his time. He wasn't the smartest of people. Perhaps about almost exactly his time. Bang on, bang well, on the time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Is that why you're all all feeling a bit down? You all look well, a bit down. Well, that and the you know the world sometimes just the world seems to be against you sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, frequently. You haven't met my grandmother. I mean, you know, you work for someone, you do stuff for somebody, and then you just feel like you're being taken advantage of, don't you? Yeah, a straightforward piece of enterprise is just the sort of thing that you get us to do, but we we don't like skulking about doing weird stuff. And uh, that just seems to be our lot at the moment. What, what skulking around here? Well, uh, we really shouldn't talk about it. Oh, you can trust me. I'm just, <laughs> just, I'm just in town here to trade some calamanthus for my grandmother. Give me a persuasion check. I bet you it's going to be a seven. And it's going to be... Sorry. A ten. Ten. Cullen speaks for us. I, I don't really want to talk if Cullen is not, you know, he's the, he's, the, he's the person to ask. I mean, what, are you thinking that perhaps you've got, you know, something for it, some work for us or something? Oh, well, I mean, I'm trying to find Calamanthus to trade. I need to buy some. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. I'm, you know, my grandmother's sent me with quite a lot of money uh, to try and buy this Calamanthus. <laughs> uh, and it, I, you know what, I can't seem to find any. And if I don't buy that, I've got to buy something else I think I mean I could you just sit tight for a second and he wanders over to Cullen who looks unhappy to be disturbed but wearily gets to his feet and follows over and he says this fella here boss is interested in what we've been up to recently and Cullen goes oh yeah you're interested are you in what we've been up to well, I mean, I, I, no, I look, I'm new at all this. I'm, I'm a trader. My family are traders. I've been sent here by my grandmother. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm a bit worried about going back home empty-handed. A sort of look develops in his eye. He says... <laughs> uh, you're, right. He's found a mark. <laughs> you're, you're after Calamantis. Yeah. If you could make it worth my while, yeah. I, could, uh, I could help you out with that. Well, I tell you what, I tell you what, do you want a drink? Oh, I'd love a drink. By the way, guys, I, I don't have any money. So. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's it's the reverse mark trick, isn't it? You know, basically, they think that they're going to be able to uh, get one lead over you down me. a blind alley and pop you over the head. But yeah, they might be able to. Will be the other <laughs> way around. We did pick up some money. We have. I tell you what, we've got in the journal. I was actually just looking at it earlier. The room with the balls. We've got plus one scale armor, a rusted longsword, forty-seven gold pieces, seven silver pieces, and one platinum piece. Nice. So we've got. We do have we're some rich. Gold. 
We've got some gold, yeah. Yeah. So, so you would have some. So you can spend, spend from the pot before we share it. Yeah. So it's one What's platinum, this? which is 20 gold pieces, 47 gold pieces, it's 67 gold pieces. What else? Uh, seven silver. Seven silver, so that's not quite a gold piece. So let's say yeah. 68 gold pieces between how many of us? Five? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's 13 gold pieces each. We've also got uh, an elven armband. A what armband? Elven armband we found. Magical. No, it was just a nice elven armband which we found in the wolves' lair at the beginning. Yeah. So we can sell that for how much is that worth? I don't know. So we've got we got a so, bit, and I could just yeah. keep the values low. Why don't we each take 13 gold pieces? Mm -hmm. And basically, the uh, that would leave what two gold, seven silver, which would cover the drinks. Okay. Yeah. So we've shared the money out, like thirteen gold each. Okay. So we can break the the platinum piece, and that leaves two gold and seven silver, which Paul can use to buy drinks and things. Gotcha. I want to I want to say some. So uh, it seems like we can do something here. What 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 do you suggest? What do you reckoning? Well, I mean, if you uh, was to, how much uh, are you wishing? How much are you looking to purchase? What's your fund? Well, I've got an initial fund of about. Um, I would say it's, it's it's small. We just want to check the quality of it. So you know, ten to fifteen gold pieces worth, but there'll be more available. Oh, uh, there's been a misunderstanding. Sorry, that, no, no, no. Is that too small? You can add a naught to that. I think. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I see. Never we're talking here. Well, you see, we've got to check the quality. Well, uh, that would be part of uh, the service. We would, uh, you pass the money to me, I secure your merchandise, I take my cut off the top. Oh, I see. That's how it would work. What, um, it's a long way out to that monastery. What kind of, uh, what's your day rate? Well, I mean, there's four of us. Yeah. And uh, it's not so much a day rate as a, as, a, as a piece rate or a job rate. I think that if you were to, uh, let's say a hundred... If I was to be uh, newly uh, enriched with a hundred shining gold pieces, I might find my way to finding you that kind of value worth of calamanthus, obviously with my bit chopped off the top. What kind of, what's your bit, what's your cut in this? Well, it depends on how much, how difficult it is to find. That's something that we would uh, have to negotiate once we'd uh, completed the assignment. Well, obviously I, I need to uh, seek approval on this use of funds, but I, I'm sure we can do business well, together. Merivan goes, what, an even star? Yeah, just just send a message. Oh, okay then. Well, I mean, and this and Cullen looks like it's all falling apart. He's like, oh, okay, I see. Fine, right. I mean, suit yourself, but we're not going to sit around for days waiting for you to get some, you know. Well, there could be quite a lot of money involved. There could be thousands of gold pieces involved. Thousands. Yeah, it's just this is just the just the approval process. We just need to get through the approval process, and once we've done that, business <laughs> is flowing. Yeah, but some kind of uh, some kind of. Uh, uh, <laughs> demonstration of, the, of your liquidity would, would go a long way to making us feel that we were on board with this new venture that we've uh, uh, decided to, uh, <laughs> to, to to involve ourselves with. I, I think that's very fair. I, I don't have a problem with that. Why that's, a nice, that's a nice sword. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean my, my sword of the uh, heirloom sword of the east wind? I, I could never part with that. But it, it, it's belonged to my mother, my grandmother, my great grandmother, great great grandmother. So it's a woman's weapon. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't met my grandmother. You get the sense from him is that he will 
almost at the point of talking to you about what it is that they're so fucked off about, about their current work situation, but that they aren't just going to start talking to any old person. There's got to be a relationship. There's got to be some... Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I get that. I just need to be able to find about 150 gold pieces in order to get that to happen, and I don't have that. Do we, do we need any more information? Are you ready to go and do something else then? Yeah. Are you removing yourself from this uh, conversation, Cuthbert, or are you? Yeah, assisting? no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, you know, it's very nice to meet you. Uh, look, uh, I'll, I'll check a few things out, and if uh, anything comes of it, I'll, I'll be in contact with you. All right, then you go and do your thing. We'll, we'll, you know, where to find us. Yeah, absolutely. Nice to meet you guys. And then I walk out the bar. Okay, fine. I'll leave it a couple of minutes. I'll leave it a couple of minutes and follow. Yeah. Um, and you pile out into the freezing cold night where there are some drinkers, some people milling about, um, but it's generally quiet. It's about, you've been in the bar for about, well, you, I think I got the sense there that that took place over about two or three pints. So yeah. it's probably so nine-ish. Okay. Okay. I think that they were commissioned by Balabar Smink to go and find the body parts. They think it's a bit weird. They're not really sure what it is, but they did it, and now the body parts were given to Balabar Smink. I'm not. They they might know a bit about what he planned to do with them or what they were for a bit more, but I doubt they know very much. Yeah. Presumably, digging up some graves, even for the hardest of nuts, isn't. It's, it's not, not particularly tasteful. Particularly yeah, not pleasing, is it? Yeah. So, so basically, they're a bit pissed off about that. Uh, yeah. They lost a guy doing it as well, which makes it even worse. When the the, the phrase that uh, Merovin used was "weird business." Yeah, weird business. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah. why are we getting this? This is yeah, it's a bit creepy. Mm -hmm. So Balabar's Menk is our is our target, I reckon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he's more that. much more tricky. Where, do we know where Balabar's Menk lives? Yes, because yeah, he lives in a he lives in a kind of sodden old mansion, uh, rather past its prime, just a little bit away from the centre. So the the likelihood is there's more magic protection and stuff around this house, so it's a little um, it's a little bit more more of a scary proposition. Certainly a more scary proposition. Yeah, we could take on these guys and try and you know basically force it out of them. Somebody make an intelligence check. 14. Yeah, 14 is good enough. Um, you reckon that uh, Todrick and Rastafan, who stay at the flop house, th th these guys will be drinking in here for an hour or so, but at a certain point they'll probably stagger off out, but either singly or together, they'll stagger off home. So mm. if you wanted to get somebody separate or two of them separate, that would be the time. Yeah. So which plan do we think, guys? I think we get two of the two guys who aren't Cullen. Uh, I, I think going... There's, I think there's ramifications being, if we let them We can go. always come back to these guys. I think we should case out the... You've got an hour and a half? Yeah, you can. You could go... You could walk up to let's the Smink Let's use house. that. Yeah, yeah let's... I mean, if we... An hour and a half to just okay. case the Smink the, 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 the saying with Smink is that his door is always open. It's his little phrase, his little catchphrase. But even though the door is technically open at the front of his house all the time, there are guys hanging around in the evening more than usual. There are a few thugs kind of patrolling around the streets around his house. When you followed Cullen up sessions, mm -hmm. you saw them, but they, during the day, they were not so bothered and they recognised Cullen and he just walked past them. You didn't get too close to the house, so you didn't really draw their 
particular attention. If you wander up together at night, uh, they seem a bit more frosty. Uh, they don't confront you if you just walk into the street and are just looking at the house from a distance. But if you get, when you start to get a little bit closer, they start to look a little bit more twitchy. You can hear something as well from inside the house. Uh, you can hear a kind of roaring kind of bestial noise uh, from inside the house and a sort of clanging like the sound of uh, something like a metal ring around a metal pole being kind of clanged backwards and forwards. That's kind of issuing from the door. So there's lights on inside, so light spills out from the door of the mansion out into the kind of front yard. Great, let's just, just attack it from the front. Let's go in with some, you know. You don't know if you don't know if Smenk is at home. I mean, he spends his evenings out in town often, but it is only Tonge, so it's p- perfectly possible that he's just in. But that was him. Say again. That was him. The Who was him? Noise. Oh, could be. <laughs> it's not your understanding of him. He's a sort of slightly podgy, uh, florid figure with. Uh, he's got ball. He's bald-headed with sort of quite extravagant side whiskers that sort of stick all the way out and he dresses in a sort of dandyish way he's generally nice. regarded as a first class shit so we could try sneaking in but i reckon i reckon there's magical defense i think we go after those two guys just to recap ourselves which ones go where so of the four mm-hmm. cullen the leader and merovin who's the you think is some kind of spellcaster or wizard they live at the feral dog and the other two todrick he says his ex-army kind of thug and rastafan who is the kind of uh matted dark-haired gangly goon they live at uh the flop house and the other three are all humans they're all humans you want to give it a go yeah, yeah. we don't i mean we don't even necessarily have to uh attack him or kidnap him we can just no no we can just Why know, do... bump into them i've got couple of bottles of hard liquor and me and I, we can have a drink go and sit in the marketplace well if you hang around outside the pub for long enough uh, I'm just going to roll and see whether or not they leave together friend guide storyteller or builder of worlds rolls the dice of fate on a one or a two Todrick leaves first on a three or a four Rastafan leaves first and on a five or a six they leave together it's a five or a six so the two of them stagger out Unsteady on their feet, uh, muttering between themselves, slightly propping each other up. And they stagger out in the, into the vein and they stagger out into the street and up one of the side streets on the way to the flop house. Uh, you can follow them at a distance. You, can, you know the way to the flop house. You can set yourselves up. I'm trying to intercept them with a bottle of whatever hard liquor I can find. And kind of as if I've just bumped into them. And go, so you're, oh. buying, you're buying a bottle of behind the bar some, at the pub? Yeah, t- yeah. just mm-hmm. something... something pretty fiery cross off and, one silver piece okay and um it's like, as a kind of i'll kind of intercept them as if it's by chance i'm on my way somewhere else or something uh-huh. it's like, oh hello again how are you oh look at this yeah. quick night cap he does that i'm gonna cast guidance on him on cuthbert yeah what are the rest of you doing are you following making uh, encircling waiting what are you doing I'm uh, skulking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to give him guidance. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then when he makes his approach, mm-hmm. um, as soon as he engages in, com- in conversation, mm-hmm. I'm going to cast Charm Person on one of the two of them. Okay. 
So you're standing at a bit of a distance. Yeah, about 30 foot away. Okay. So they see you, Cuthbert, and they sort of look not particularly happy to see you, as in, oh, it's him again, (laughs) funny stranger. So, oh, what do you want? What's the DC of the saving throw sessions? Uh, Good question. Um, 12. (laughs) It's 12. Okay, that's not necessarily the end of the world. Which one are you going for? Rastafan, the wiry goon guy, or Todrick, the thug? The wiry goon guy. Is it a wisdom save? Uh, Yes, it will be. It's a wisdom save. Okay, let's just see how we do. Uh, Failed. Failed that save, Graham. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you step out and say anything? Yeah, then... I will stroll up. Well, I will stagger up to um, what I see as a bottle of um, mm-hmm. alcohol. Uh, alcohol being shared out and mm-hmm. um, embrace um, the opportunity to have a free drink and start talking to everyone. Well, Todrick is still looking Larry. Rastafan is like, I know you yeah. don't, are you little hobbit? Yeah, where are you from? You're from you're from local, aren't you? This guy looks like he's got some booze. Shall we have some? Oh, let's see. It's a very cold night. Let's have a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where, what have you been keeping then? Oh, what's your, oh, sorry, I've forgotten your name. It's Sessions. Sessions, that's right. Good old Sessions. My old pal, Sessions. Todrick's like, oh, look, mate, I don't think we should be... It's like, oh, don't, relax, mate. Relax, Todrick. Relax. Let's just have a drink. It's freezing. Anyway, they're going to stamp, stamping in the cold and kind of wrapping their... You know, doing that thing where you wrap your arms around you and kind of stamp and whatever, and the breath is misting in front of them. Let's have a drink, let's have a drink. And Sessions here, good old Sessions, our pal. So you, you know Sessions, don't you, Todrick? Todrick's like, I, I think I know the face, but I don't know him properly, no. And we try and move the conversation towards what everyone's been doing. As we drink, what have you been up to? Anything fun? Oh, well, we've been up to all sorts of strange stuff. We've been... Uh... Strange stuff? I mean, There's so little to do here. It's tr- interesting. Todrick's like, careful now. But Rastafan's like, I mean, yes. I mean, it, it's 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 all about, you know, you work for somebody. And uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, Balabar Smink is a fine, upstanding man. He's a fine, upstanding oh, man. Let's drink to Balabar. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. And they, you pass the bottle around. But it, it, it's just, he does, he does ask you to do some strange things sometimes. I mean, just the other day i mean what is going on with that up to the old observatory with all those bone todrick's like rastafan i thought we just don't talk cullen won't be happy if you're talking about it he's like yeah don't you worry don't you worry sessions is an old pal going up to the old observatory that strange old man up there with his weird experiments and stuff and taking a or like digging out bones. I mean, we, you know, he had, you, do you remember Scutch Sessions? Do you remember old Scutch? Not the smartest. Anyway, we lost him. It's very sad. Very Todrick sad. Todrick grabs hold of Rastafan at that point and says, uh, we bet, we're, we're off. We better be going home now. Oh, mate, we better be going home. You're talking too much. And he starts to kind of lead him away. And, is that, and Rastafan's like, well, he's, he's no problem. Sessions, he's an, he's, an old, he's, an old, he's an old friend. We make sure they leave with the bottle. Okay. And they stagger off. The observatory. Uh, yeah, well, there is an old observatory outside town. Off we go. Yeah. Off to the observatory we go. It's on a bluff overlooking an abandoned mine. There's a, a white slot that bisects a domed tower where there once must have been a great telescope that kind of peered into eternity. But now the place has kind of got a dark character. It's a, it's a perfectly clear, crisp winter's night with a dome of stars over your heads. 
you're looking up at the bluff of this this structure set above it's it's got a kind of squat lower story and then a tower with the observatory dome at the top and is it our understanding that it's not deserted well it, it's it it's it, it certainly your understanding is that it's been deserted but it's odd that there are lights on mm. i think i need to do some sneaky stuff so i'm going to stealthy up there okay uh there is a set of stairs running up one side of the structure to a door set into the wall sort of further up. There's also a little door set into like a like an under the stairs cupboard, like a kind of Harry Potter cupboard. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a little doorway set at the base of the landing that the stairs lead up to that might lead into a space that sits under the stairway. Okay. Uh, well, I'll probably th I'll go up to that doorway first. And okay. I think I'll do, if it's all right with you, I'll do a perception check. Where, where, where are the rest of you hanging out? So there's, it, there's a, it sits on a, on a bluff. Well, I'm thinking I want to sort of skirt once around the building, see if there's a back entrance. There's not much. Um, it looks like you might be able to get in through the, some of the windows on the tower if you could get onto okay. the roof of the lower story. Yeah? Okay. And uh, in terms of where we see lights? There is pale light issuing from a couple of windows on the ground floor. Yeah. The mm -hmm. first floor uh, is dark. At the top floor, there are lights flickering. Make a perception check. All of you. I roll a fabulous five. Thirteen. Mm -hmm. uh, ten. And for Grimbold... Um, five. Minus one. Okay. Thirteen, yeah, thirteen is enough to uh, to tell you, Parker, that what you think is happening is that there may be torchlight or candlelight uh, issuing from the windows on the top story, but that something is moving around up there, which is what's making the light flicker. So the lights are fixed, but they're getting mm. blocked. You'd naturally expect a certain amount of flicker from torch or candlelight, but there's something more going on. There's dark shadows pass backwards and forwards across the windows periodically. Well, I guess we go up to the door and have a listen. Who wants to go up to the door and who wants to stay down at the ground level? So you're approaching from the south and the, uh, you can be standing on the pathway that runs around the front of the building that leads to the staircase. Who wants to go up the stairs? Well, there was a door underneath the stairs, you say. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go there and I'm going to roll a perception check to listen. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, getting an astonishing 16, the highest roll for months. You can't hear anything. <laughs> what a brilliant roll. <laughs> yeah. Fabulous. Wasted it. <laughs> Picture Just months wasted. Word. Months. <laughs> months and months. To listen at an empty broom closet. Yeah. What's the door mechanism? It's, it looks like a kind of uh, pretty rudimentary wooden door, but there is a, it is locked, and the lock doesn't look like it's uh, trivial. I have got my thieves' tool, so I'm going to attempt to pick the lock. Okay, give it a shot. Yeah. 15. 15 is not enough. Uh, you twinkle around, at, you, you, you tinker around with this lock with your tools. You try and click the tumblers with a little metal sliver or something, and it's not going. Can I uh, try again? Mm -hmm. Getting enormous. I give up. I give up rolling dice. What no, I've rolled a 12. 
And 12 is not enough either. So it's it's uh, it's not happening. Can I have a go? I've sure. Got... So is Park, Parker moving up to join him? Yes, I'll move up to join him. I have the same proficiency. I also have a plus two. And you've got Thieves Picks and Tools? Well, I can use his. You can borrow mine. And have you got the tool proficiency? Ah, which one is that? Well, it's a specific thing that your class gives you or By your background. Having... If you, you, chances are you haven't got I it. I don't. No. no. So you'll just be adding your dexterity to the role. And not my proficiency bonus. I understand. And and or the tool bonus. So you just. So I can add three. plus four. Mm -hmm. Right. The tools mm -hmm. were two, and my. Um... No, the tools. You don't add the tools. Just, oh, I, I have to use them, but I don't get them. So I just have yes. my dexterity bonus, right? You can't open yes. a lock without a lock pick, but you don't really know anything about lock yeah. picks. So you're just giving it a shot. Gosh, be... Right, so I just get plus two. Yeah, you're still going to be I think me. there might be a rule about rolling at disadvantage, but anyway, it Thank doesn't matter. God for that. What'd you get? Five. Five. Okay, so now it <laughs> defeats you. I'm going to try one last time, mm -hmm. if that's okay. What are the others doing while this is happening? Hanging around. No, <laughs> I get a one. The little bit of uh, <laughs> the little metal lockpick that you've got in there just goes and breaks off. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Just I think it cost you eight gold pieces to, to repair. Just your... embarrassing. They only sell them as complete units, unfortunately. Well, yeah. <laughs> just embarrassing. Can't just, you can't just replace that one. So it's yeah, twenty-five it's gold pieces they cost. Grimbold, I think, will follow the flowchart of action and, and take his first action, which is false life. Yeah, okay, so Grimbold casts false life on himself. And you're all... <laughs> so I've, got, I've got Parker and Cuthbert crouched in the lee, as it were, of the staircase up against this little wooden door. And then Grimbold and Cuthbert and Burple are what? They're, they're loitering around at the bottom of the stairs, or what are they doing? Burple, Burple's going to do bardic inspiration on somebody who wants bardic inspiration you could go into town find somebody yeah i'll do that i'll go and basically get someone out of a sleeping bag no i will do it on myself then if nobody wants it what does it give it gives you an extra d6 on uh an action on a on skill checks so oh, now you say yeah would have been useful rolls. for the lock pick would have been useful, yeah, though. You went first. You, you, you didn't consult, so I'm afraid uh, I wasn't ready. Uh, but now you're over there and I'm up here, so I can't do you because it's touch. Typical. Actually, it's not true. I can do it through words or music within 60 feet. Exactly. That's going to make a bit of noise, though. It is. <laughs> Which is why I was thinking of doing it sort of in the local group. Yeah, a little whisper. As twere. As twere. Fixed lip and cup and dibbly <laughs> <laughs> hey, nonny, nonny. You gads. Zoons, sire. Um, <laughs> it's true. What are you going to do? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm doing that. I want to go up the stairs. Okay. So I'll, um, I'll give the blessing trickster to uh, Burple to help him Thank go you. up the stairs. Okay. Yeah. Yes. He, yes. Make your stair climb check. Which is what? No, there's, the stairs are, it's a stairs lead to a wide landing. And at the top, purple, there are two huge wooden doors. They are shot through with a kind of dark blue 
mold. It doesn't look like it's a kind of dangerous mold. It just looks like it's sort of uh, accreted on the surface of the doors. And the doors form a kind of an enormous round moon carved with a kind of the, like a lunatic's jabbering face. <laughs> okay, that's encouraging. Right. I'll go back downstairs. No, oh, I will... come on. <laughs> I, well, moulds, you know, mould is always bad. Make a perception check. Uh, make a perception check. It's that one. Eleven. You think that the lock on these doors doesn't look yeah. quite so, what's the word, formidable as the lock on the little wooden door downstairs. Fisher-Price lock. So, uh, yeah, so so I'll basically, you know, drop a little pebble on Paul's head yep. to grab his attention and kind yep. of point. Ow! I'll throw <laughs> something really hard. In fact, I'll take yeah. my sword out, point down, yeah. drop it. Yeah, Damocles style. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you grab uh, Cuthbert's attention. Point at the, the lock. I'll shrug my shoulders and make my way up there. Okay. I will do my bardic inspiration, my well, second I'll, bardic inspiration. I'll follow moment. Cuthbert if that's the case. Quietly. And Grimbold and Sessions are doing what? I guess we'll move to the bottom of the stairs and prepare to um, follow them up. Okay. Uh, Cuthbert, once you get to these doors, you're yeah. faced with a lock. It looks, like I said, a little bit less formidable than the lock that you've just been trying to open. Uh, I will say that your thieves' picks and tools are functional for the moment. You use a different sprong or something. I use a different sprung, and I will roll a... My first roll is a 16. Click. It opens. Lovely. Uh, stealth. Shall I roll a stealth check now? Yeah, make a stealth check. Make it as part of that. Yep. Uh, roll a stealth check and see if I can open the door quietly. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I can't. I get an 8. You get an 8. It's not the end of the world, but it's not super quiet. Let me tell you what you can see. I will also do my shillelagh, my staff. Yep. Okay. So, uh, first things first. What light sources have you got, or what vision do you have? I have dark vision. You've got dark vision, okay. So, you open up a room. It looks like some sort of entrance hallway. Mm -hmm. uh, you can see furniture fragments, and smashed planks, there's broken glass, other uh, detritus, kind of cramming this antechamber. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so the way that you're looking at things, the, the, the far corner from you, as it were, the, to your right as you're looking through the door, yep. there are several upended tables that make a kind of barricade. On the north wall, you think there might be, behind the barricade, there may you can see the top of an archway that might mean that there is a door behind that barricade. Can you give me... Who's with you? Purple Herpish, unless he's sculpted away in his normal cowardish fashion. And Parker. And my so can Burple, Parker... And Cuthbert will make perception check. A five. Absolutely pitiful. A ten. I'm pleased if I get double okay. digits these days. Okay. Five. <laughs> We're all bumping into each other. So you, you can't hear anything uh, apart from what might be the faintest sound of singing, which seems to be coming from further inside the building it's quite faint it's sort of echoing down through staircases male or human or female voice it's like a male whispering voice and it's singing and you kind of think you might be able to pick out the words and they're like reincarnate <laughs> <him>. so <laughs> <impact> <laughs> again. 
It's all echoing down. On the druid say. On the druid. Reincarnate him. Play him as a lobster. On the druid's table. And as those words echo down through and you pick them up from the landing, the 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 kind of barricade of tables and furniture just bursts out and leaping out from behind it come three skeletons and we'll pick it up next time oh brilliant ah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we've been back in together on the truth's table I blended I feel another right. song coming up. The Billowing Hilltop Podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. The Whispering Can and The Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. The Whispering Can was written by Eric Mona. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 